0: Hello again, witchy people, and welcome back to the Luna Pixie Podcast, episode four, I think. Yes, four. Um so I'm gonna say it again, as I'm pretty sure I say at the beginning of every episode. I did have an original idea for today's episode, which was going to be an in bulk episode, since happy in bulk everybody. Um but as per the usual routine, I had an idea for the episode and I changed my mind. Just gonna have to get used to me saying that at the beginning of the episodes, I think. I have so many ideas going through my head all week of, oh, I can do this, I can talk about that. Realistically, I need to just write a list and just go through the list instead of just changing my mind and going through this at the beginning of every episode. But anyway, um, just for those who don't know what Imbolc is. So it's basically a pagan holiday celebrated typically on the 1st and 2nd of February, or at least in the northern hemisphere. And Imbolc is a celebration that marks the beginning of spring. So it's the halfway point between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. And it's kind of Thoughts to stem from the breeding cycles of the sheep and farm animals, and <clears throat> and you know beginning of lactation and first signs of spring. You know daylight is increasing slowly but surely. Believe it or not, um, the weather once again, believe it, or, believe it or not, is improving slowly. We're just coming into those first stages of spring, which I love, and just. While I am on the topic quickly, if you are celebrating or you want to celebrate and you're not sure how a few things that I like to do um good old good old spring cleaning, get the house or your home all spruced up ready for the new season, get rid of anything that doesn't serve a purpose anymore, you know, old clothes, books, and things that you don't need, just have a right good clear out set intentions for spring. Typically this time of year back in the day um, would be kind of the time of year where people would be deciding what they were going to plant for spring, what they were going to be growing for spring and so this is a good time to set intentions because you know spring is growth, grow your intentions, all that jazz. You could host a meal with I don't know spring themed foods um i don't really know what that means to be honest maybe like herbal breads lamb things like that you get the gist um for me personally i have actually just bought my first herbal garden starter kit yay um i'm not i'm not going to lie i'm not much of a gardener i like i like to work with herbs but I'm not I'm not going to say I'm I'm green fingered or anything like that, because to be honest, I'm really not. My nan was. She was a wonderful gardener. She had a gorgeous garden. Me, on the other hand, not so much, but I'm hoping to to change that up a little bit this year. So I have started with my little mini herb garden so that I can grow my own herbs instead of going and buying them. Um, and I'm going to be starting that today as part of my inbox celebrations. I've already started my spring cleaning. You know, I did a I did a big cleanup of the whole house the other day on my day off, and I'm I'm telling myself I'm going to finish it up today and do it all today. But I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on myself because i'm gonna I'm gonna focus more on the herb garden because I'm very excited about that. I just wanna see if I can actually make something grow and keep it alive, but we'll see we'll see um anyway, so that's just a little bit on inbog. I do feel like I don't need to go into too much detail just yet. Maybe at some point I will do a full episode, but given that today is February first and it's kind of already started, I feel like maybe a could be a little bit too late to start telling people to go out and buy all this and that and you know get everything ready Uh, plus I feel like there's there's probably going to be a lot of other podcasts this week that are doing in bulk episodes and everything like that and I just thrive on being different I just thrive on being that awkward one that's like no I'm gonna go extra but anyway I I decided that instead this week I am going to share some spooky family stories. Um, I say family stories because all of the little little encounters that I'm going to be sharing today actually stem from either myself or members of my family. As I said in my first episode, I do come from quite a spiritual background. You know, growing up with my nan, she was a medium. My mom, very spiritual as well all my sisters very spiritual um we all believe in ghosts as per how we were raised by grandmother the medium of course but the the thing that's kind of kicked this off for me this week is i've had a few spooky weirdish things happen in my house this week nothing nothing major like my house my house isn't haunted or anything but i've just heard like a few Few extra bumps and bangs and things like that that this week and I kind of know what has caused it. I do feel like it's a little bit my own fault, um, but I'll get an, into that in a second. Like I said, my house I don't think is haunted per se. I think the the main thing I do in my house is do do in my house. The main thing I do have in my house, should I say, is um a watcher and. I think um, with a watcher, basically what it is, is it's a spirit or an entity that does exactly what it says in the packet, it watches. And doesn't necessarily do anything else, it just watches, you know, and you get that feeling that something is just staring at you. And I get that quite a lot in my house, and I haven't always had that. I think when we because we've only lived in this house for just just over a year, I think. So we haven't been here too long. And this house is basically directly across the road from where my nan used to live. And she lived over there for almost 50 years. And when we moved into this house, she, she said, you know, nothing nothing's ever happened here. Nobody's ever died here or anything like that. Not in the time that she's lived here anyway. And I didn't feel anything here like I said I'm quite sensitive to energies not not saying I'm psychic but usually I kind of know if something's there um but I didn't really get anything when I first moved in I even got Nan to come in and just do a little do a little scout of the house for me see if she found anything she said no as well so I was like okay fantastic um not gonna lie a little part of me was kind of disappointed that it wasn't a haunted house I do I live for the spooky, I'm not gonna lie. I love it. But I was like, okay, absolutely fair enough. <clears throat> and like I said, I do kind of feel like it's my own fault if there is anything in this house. I feel like some of the the things in this house are just family visitors. I do feel like my nan is here around me, you know, saying hello every now and then. Or my uncle Bertie as well. That was my nan's brother. I feel like every now and then he might be here too. Um, for example, when I first moved in, we we were fresh in here. We didn't really have much at that point. And my kitchen has um, two light bulbs. And when we first came into the house, only one of them was working. Um, the other one just sort of wasn't. And it wasn't really an issue, just kind of left it. And there was one morning I was getting ready for work. I was doing my makeup in the kitchen and in my head... I was just kind of moaning, not out loud, just in my head. I was just kind of moaning because the lighting in the kitchen wasn't very good because only one of the light bulbs was working. And as I was thinking it and complaining to myself, the the other light bulb just kind of switched itself on. And it made me jump a little bit, but I was just kind of like, huh, okay. And I remember I immediately text my nan tell her what had happened and she texted me back and she was like oh it's probably Bertie you know fixing the light bulb for you and all of that kind of thing because he was he was an electrician so anytime something happens with technology or electrics or anything that's kind of the family go-to oh it's Bertie um but yeah that was kind of the first thing that happened in this house and the light bulb still works it's still absolutely fine like over a year later so I don't really know what happened there. Sceptics have probably got all their own theories, but my theory is good old but. Um but yeah, so that up and like after that, nothing really happened. Never really got any kind of feelings. Obviously like the odd feeling here and there, but to me, in my head I was always just like, ah, you know, probably just ancestors or something coming to say hello. Um until I had a friend over for a sleepover and it was a friend from work and she had brought another friend of hers with her she had tagged along and they were both coming to stay for the night we were gonna have a little girly sleepover watch some movies all of that and at some point in the night I can't really remember what what made us do it what brought it up but this was kind of when we I say we this was kind of when I was only just getting into my more spiritual side or at least I was coming out with it more I was being more open with it to other people um, my nan had not long passed as well so we decided to do a pendulum reading and we did it all properly because I don't I don't like to do these things without asking for protection beforehand I always make sure to end the reading properly and things like that, but yeah. So we decided to do a pendulum reading, and you know we were just we were asking we were only half serious with it in the beginning. You know we were just asking asking silly questions. You know like will will we ever have kids? Will we ever get married? All this and that. And then we started asking if there were certain family members there and um, actually speaking directly to spirits instead which some would call silly but like I said we were very careful I made sure we did everything we needed to do to protect ourselves and at some point during the reading we were all obviously sat in silence um well I say silence reasonably quiet asking our questions and things like that and we had and I do want to say my my niece my five-year-old niece was in bed upstairs And she'd been fast asleep for a good couple of hours at this point. And while we were doing the reading, we heard the loudest bang from upstairs. And we all just kind of immediately stopped. And we were like, "Um, what was that? And we thought maybe my niece had, had fallen out of bed or something. So we sent one of the boys that were there, we sent one of them to go upstairs and check on her. He came back down and said she was absolutely fine, still sound asleep and you know we just we thought that was kind of weird but it seems like since that point i feel like more more has been happening within the house like i said nothing major bumps and bangs here and there um and of course the watcher and i have found that the watcher has kind of only really come out properly since that pendulum reading and even though I was careful and all of that but it doesn't feel bad necessarily it's just there and you can't help but feel a little bit creeped out when you feel like something is watching you and you don't know what it is you can't see it or anything like that it's creepy like of course it is um so I decided to... And this kind of links to the witchy thing I did this week. I will get to that in a moment. So I had this watcher and I could... And it kind of moves around the house depending on where I am. So sometimes it's in the spare bedroom upstairs. And it's always in the same spot. Always in the same spot. And whenever I'm walking past, I can just feel it in that spot just watching me. Um, And sometimes it's in my altar room which for the record if if it's listening I'm not happy about that that's not okay you are not allowed in there that's my sacred space Mm -hmm. um but yeah sometimes I feel like it's in my altar room and which is like directly across from my bathroom upstairs and sometimes I'll come out of the bathroom and I'll just feel it just stood in the doorway just staring at me and I'm like okay okay you're freaking me out bro let's just let's not do that um sometimes I feel like it's in the kitchen when I'm sat on you know I'm sat on the sofa watching tv or you know just on my phone or something like that I feel like it's in the kitchen watching me sometimes I'll just close the kitchen door because I'm like no you're weird I don't like this so I my nan always taught me to be assertive with ghosts it sounds weird but she always taught me to be quite assertive with them and be like you know this is my house, I'm the boss and I've always kind of taken that and used it whenever I felt like I needed to so it got to a point one day where I went into my altar room and I decided to make a protection jar to protect the house and before I did I just walked into the room and I could feel it, I could feel it again, it was in the doorway to the spare room and I had the doorway to my altar room open and I could feel like it was just stood there staring at me, watching me. So I just turned around in my most assertive voice, which you can probably imagine. You you listen to me chat anyway. You can probably imagine I don't have a very good assertive voice. It's very hard to take me seriously, even when I'm really, really mad. Um, but I tried to put on put on my big boy voice, put on my big man voice and... I just said, you know, I, d- I didn't necessarily banish it. I just said, you know, if you are here with negative purposes, if you are a negative energy, you are not welcome here. If you are not a negative energy, if you don't have any negative purposes, do what you got to do. Just know that you're creeping me out and I'm not okay with that. You need to tone it back a little bit. Because my, my problem is that I speak to them like I'm just talking to a friend. That's probably why they can't take me seriously, to be fair. I'm just kind of like, eh. Do what you got to do, just don't freak me out anymore. Um, But yeah, so then I made the protection jar. And that was basically my little spell jar. And I filled it with sacred dirt, or dirt from a sacred space, which for me was dirt from my nan's back garden, because that, to me, has always been a sacred space for me. Um, Cloves, sage, rosemary, hematite, moon water, and then sealed it with white and blue candles and just focused on that intention of protecting this household, protecting the house from negative energy and I think it was, was it last week or no, it might have been the week before, me and the girls at work decided to do a pendulum reading at work and this time it wasn't necessarily to talk to spirits because we we're all pretty convinced at work that there is you know there are ghosts there we're pretty sure it's an old ass building um so we we all have this theory that it is haunted but you know whatever and so we decided to do a little pendulum reading at work but mostly just as um you know what's going to happen with this situation and that situation and all of that kind of thing so we were doing that and i found that since then more has been happening in my house and I don't know if it's connected or not I feel like it is but I decided that I needed to up the ante with the protection because like it doesn't feel like anything bad but just to be safe I made a protective shamble and there is a picture of that on my Instagram I made it from um sticks that I gathered from my garden I wove them all together into the shape of a pentacle with black wool, and I sewed in keys to, to unlock the doors to good luck, and sand a little jar of sand to keep us connected to the earth, keep the um, household grounded, and obviously the shape of the pentacle as a protective symbol for the house, and also to keep us connected to the elements and the god and the goddess and all of that jazz, and. That was kind of the witchy thing I did this week, was making that. And if you do want to see it, feel free to have a look on my Instagram, lunapixie2306. There is a picture on there with a little bit more in-depth explanation as to what I did with that and why I did it. But anyway, um, the only reason I'm not going too much into that is because I do have some spooky stories to tell. And I'm already 20 minutes into the episode of me just chatting, um, I don't want to swear, I don't want to swear, I feel like I need to, but chatting shit, I'm going to do it, fuck it, chatting shit, basically, um, bear with. Sorry, you're going to have to get used to me just taking sips of my coffee every now and then, I get a dry throat when I'm talking, but yeah, so, a few spooky stories. So, like I said, these stories are going to be um from my family primarily um so obviously me and my sisters or at least my older sisters grew up living with my nan and nan would never admit it I think mostly because of how young we were and because she didn't want to scare us or anything um she'd never admit it but that house was that house was haunted bro and once it wasn't necessarily anything bad, because when when she did talk about there being any spirits in the house, she did always say, you know, it's just family. They're not here to hurt you. They're just watching over you, and you know, all of that, all of that kind of thing. So we grew up living with Nan, Nan's haunted ass house, and you know, there's there's a couple of stories from when we were growing up. <clears throat> so, for example, one that I think me. And all of my sisters remember is the Lego on the table. And I think it was, it must have been before, I think one of my sisters said it was like between Christmas and New Year. I can't remember exactly how many years ago. I know that I was quite young, so it's got, to have been coming up 20 years ago at least. Um, And we had, I think one of us had clearly got Lego or something for Christmas. And we were playing on the table in the living room with it. And while we were playing, a piece of Lego just kind of moved across the table on its own. Not even like it had been blown by like wind or a breeze or anything like that, but like somebody had physically got like their finger on it or something and slid it across the table. And we all just kind of stopped and were looking, and even Nan stopped and was looking and was like, Who touched that? And <laughs> we were like, uh, no one. Um but yeah, it was just little things like that. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a really dry throat today. Um, and then there was also the time two of my sisters were upstairs in one of the bedrooms. And they were I think they were playing Snap. And things got... I don't know if any, if any of you have ever played Snap. I don't know. I don't think it's just a Brit- British thing. I don't think it is. But basically, the thing with Snap is, you know, you all get a certain amount of cards each. Or, you know, if there's two of you, you get half the deck each. And you put a card down and if it matches, I think it depends on your rules, but in our house it was always if the numbers are the same when you take turns putting the cards down, you have to snap it. And you have to put your hand... And then you get to keep all the cards. And then whoever loses all their cards first loses the game, basically. Um. So, yeah, they were... Sorry. They were playing snap in the bedroom upstairs. And naturally, when you're playing snap it's a very simple game, but it's very easy to get really into it, really competitive, so, you know, as you, as you snap the cards, you shout snap, and it can get loud, bro, it can get loud, I know whenever I play snap, I go wild, I turn into a different person when I play any game, to be honest, and as they were playing, I can't remember which two sisters it was anyway, um, but as they were playing snap, they, they heard someone very loudly go, shh, and they just kind of stopped him and were like, um, what? And obviously they went downstairs, they told Nan about it. She told them to do it considering she was a medium, she was she was always telling us that we were just imagining these things. But like I said, I do think it was because we were kids over over o- overactive I can't speak. Overactive imaginations and all of that. And she didn't she didn't want to scare us anyway. Um so for example, the time for me, where I, I was I was so young and I was the youngest in the house and I grew up with four of my older sisters in the house as well. Um when I tell you a house of five girls, absolute savages, pure savages, you would you would think that it would be, you know, all sleepovers, peace and love, doing each other's nails and hair and things like that. No. Savages, a lot of them. Um so yeah, I we were all playing upstairs and Nan called up the stairs because dinner was ready. And in the front bedroom of my Nan's house, which was my bedroom after a while, but at this point I think it was my older sister's bedroom, <clears throat> and she had this really big cupboard, it was like a huge cupboard, and it locked from the, from the outside as well. And so my sisters decided to put me in the cupboard and lock it and then go downstairs to have dinner without me. Like I said, savages, absolute assholes. I must have only been six at this point. Um, but yeah, so they've, they've locked me in the cupboard. I'm, I'm banging on the door to get out, mostly because I'm hungry more than anything. I know dinner's waiting downstairs for me. I want my food. So I'm, I'm banging on the door to get out. And obviously nobody can hear me. And while i'm sitting there i start to i start to feel very panicked like really really scared all of a sudden and then right down my ear i hear what sounded like a woman scream and i mean like scream down my ear to get out and so i just start like kicking the door going absolutely mad i need to get out of that place um and so, eventually, Nan came upstairs and let me out of the cupboard. I'm having a panic attack, all that jazz. And the fun thing with that cupboard, actually, is while we were growing up in Nan's house, we we all kind of got the energy of, like, a, a young girl. And it's funny because two of my sisters, actually, Nat and Vicky, on separate occasions without knowing, <clears throat> actually had dreams about this little girl and it wasn't until I think a good few weeks later where they finally discovered they had essentially had the same dream about being in bed and looking up and I think at the end of the bed was um, a young girl with short blonde hair in a white nightgown with no eyes and it does sound very typical horror movie it really does, but it happened, and it was super weird, and they were like, oh my god, we dreamt about this girl, how weird, Um, and we all just kind of accepted that this girl was in the house, you know, so for me especially, I felt that girl everywhere in that house, and I did not like her, mostly just because, you know, being young, and when you're hearing bumps and bangs and things like that, and I would spend a lot of time alone, in that house where my sisters would go to my mum's for the weekend and sometimes I would just stay with Nan for the weekend and we'd have our little weekends to ourselves and you know I'd be in my room playing and I'd hear like bumps and bangs and things like that and I think once I got to a teenager I was getting I was getting sick of it because it was it was keeping me up at night with these bumps and bangs and like scratches in my walls and things like that I was sick of it So I, not quite realising that it would work, I, as a joke in front of my sisters, banished the little girl to the big cupboard in my room because I didn't use that cupboard anyway. And I banished it and I said, you know, as a joke, go on, get in the cupboard. I opened the cupboard door, waved my arms at it, said get in the cupboard and then I closed it and I locked it and I said, nobody opens this cupboard. She's stuck in that cupboard now, nobody opens it. And it was all just a joke until that night, I think it was like two or three o'clock in the morning, because as a teenager I had I had insomnia, I think most people did as teenagers, Um, I had quite bad insomnia, so it was like two or three o'clock in the morning <clears throat> and I'm lying there, I'm watching TV and the cupboard door starts like shaking and I was like, huh, okay, And I tried to just ignore it, you know, went to sleep, whatever. And it it kept going until about, must have been like four in the morning. It would not stop. It kept just shaking like someone was trying to to rattle the door. And then this basically happened every single night between two and three in the morning or two and four in the morning. Every single night, this cupboard door would start rattling. And my theory was that this... This spirit was not happy that I had banished her to the cupboard, and she was trying to get out, but I was like, "No, not happening." And yeah, so that's that's just a little bit about living in Nan's house. so i I actually messaged um my sisters and asked them to share some of their stories with me because I was like, "You know, share some of your stories." let's I'll, I'll put them on the podcast I know I know as a family we've got some we've got some good stories so I messaged my sister Vicky. and she told me the story about the scream upstairs and I asked her I asked her about it and she said um this is this is the message she sent me she said well I woke up and it was the middle of the night I'm talking 3 a.m and everyone was asleep like the house was silence and I was settling back down to go to sleep and just out of nowhere and it made me jump from the bottom of the stairs was this really loud voice just screaming my name like it was the most urgent thing in the world just screaming my name and nobody else even stirred, nobody else even heard it. But I couldn't move or sleep until the sun came up. <clears throat> and I remember her telling me that story when it happened actually. So freaky. And then there was another one that she said. And this one was actually at my mum's house on one of the weekends. Um and she says, so I was like fifteen. And everyone was over at Mom's house and they were going out shopping. I didn't want to go so convinced Mom to leave me at hers just to leave me there. So I'm on the laptop and I'm on my own and Meg Meg was a dog. I used to love Meg. Meg uh the dog started just going crazy like she was she was just barking at a space in the living room and nothing was there but she was growling and baring her teeth at. Nothing. And I started to feel like something really horrible was standing in the room with me, like something really, really dark was in that room with me. Um, so I phoned Nan and asked if I could come home because I was freaking out. Nan said, yes, of course, I'll get you a taxi. Taxi is coming now. Um, Just go and wait outside and come home. So I phoned Nan to come home, I grabbed my stuff and I, I went to run out of the door. I just grabbed everything, I opened the door and I went to walk out. And just as I passed the front door, something grabbed the back of my shirt and yanked me back into the house, like off my feet, yanked me back into the house. And I remember my sister telling me that story actually, and I felt nobody really seemed to believe her at the time, I know that my nan believed her though, because I remember my nan telling me about it years later, don't think she knew that I I already knew the story, but I remember my nan telling me about it years later, and she was telling me how my sister Vicky was literally like bawling down the phone, she was terrified, like she called her after this thing had pulled her off her feet as well, just basically screaming down the phone, she was so upset, and the thing about my mum's house, um, it's not where she lives now, this, this was when she lived in, in a different house, and we, we all knew that house was, like, super haunted, super, super haunted, and it wasn't good haunted, like, I, I hated that house, and I'm not, I'm not even sorry, mom, if you listen to this, because you know I hated this house, you know we all hated that house, I mean, mum hated the house herself, to be fair, um, but that house was, like, super haunted, so, for example, my mum's bedroom, the bedroom at the front of the house, we, we all had the same energy in that room, there was something in that room that was just not even bad, it was, like, evil, and I personally felt like, and I know my sister's kind of got the same vibe, I personally felt like it was, like, an old man kind of vibe, like, a very old man kind of vibe, and he was, like, angry, not happy that we were there at all and I remember once um me and my other sister Lisa like I've said before I've got lots of sisters try and keep up me and my other sister Lisa were in the house alone everybody else had gone out for the weekend I can't remember where they'd gone I think they had gone like partying or something um everybody else had gone out and me and Lisa decided to stay back and we were going to have like a movie night and in my mom's bedroom upstairs, she had like a big shelf, big, big shelf, just full of DVDs, yes, this was back before Netflix, this was when DVDs were still relevant, and we wanted to pick some DVDs, it feels weird saying DVDs now as well, usually, like I said, you just whack on Netflix now, and it's done, Um, but we went to pick some DVDs anyway, we went upstairs, and we were looking through the DVDs, and on the top, of the shelf mom had um lots of crystals um because like I said she's always been spiritual she's always has, had um her crystals and things like that and on the top of the shelf she had all these crystals and then on all the shelves underneath all the dvds and books and whatnot and we were looking for some dvds and we hadn't touched the shelf at this point we hadn't even touched it we were, we were just kind of leaning next to it just looking into the shelf at the dvds And while we were both kind of lent down looking, not touching, all of the crystals, not even all at the same time, I think if we'd have knocked the shelf or anything, it would have happened all at once. But one by one, these crystals started just flying off the shelf at us. And naturally, two teenage girls, we screamed and we ran, as you do. And I'd I don't even know how to explain that it was super super weird. And <clears throat> and then it was also something in the back the bigger back bedroom in that house as well. We all we all had this weird feeling in there and it was my my little brother and my little sister's room. Um I think it was just my little sister's room at this point actually, but she had like bunk beds in there and everything for when we came to stay. And Obviously, they had all their toys and everything in there. And sometimes we would be sleeping and we would hear one of the toys going off. Like, kids' toys freak me out. I'm going to be real with you. Kids' toys really freak me out, man. Um, Especially the ones that make noise. Like, you know, you get these, like, baby dolls where you, you press the belly and it, and it says, like, mama or something like that. They are vile, disgusting. Hate them. They really freak me out. But my, my younger sister had a lot of that stuff growing up, um, so there was always, like, some toy going off, or something in that room, and it got to a point where my, I remember my older sister, Shell, yes, yet another sister for the list, trying, you don't need to remember the names, I'm just, I'm just saying it so I can try and remember the stories more than anything, but my older sister, Shell, basically, one day, like I said, we did this stuff kind of half seriously, it was never it was never too much of a serious thing for us at this point we were teenagers and we do still kind of only take it half seriously we grew up with nan always telling us you know don't don't be scared be assertive be assertive with the ghosts and that's where obviously i i told the watcher to stop trying to scare me and things like that and so shell also took this advice with whatever was in that bedroom and one night we're trying to sleep and there's just like bumps and bangs and things like that, and it's keeping us awake, doing our heads in, especially Shell somehow. And she just she just gets up, she opens the bedroom door, and she just says, you know, so I can't remember the exact words, but something along the lines of, you are not welcome in this room, we do not want you in this room, get out. And then she closed the door. And we were all just kind of like half like, oh, yeah, yeah, you banished it, all of that, you know. and yeah, But then the toys and the bumps and the bangs stopped for like a good while after that. And instead, just like the cupboard in my room, just like the cupboard in my room, every night around the same time, I think it was once again like two two or three o'clock in the morning, the the door to that bedroom would start shaking like violently shaking like someone really wanted to get in but they couldn't and there wasn't like a lock on the door or anything that's the thing not not like my cupboard where there was a lock and I had locked it there was no lock on this bedroom door we we just closed it overnight. night but whatever it was that was trying to get in simply could not get in and we always said it was because shell had said that it wasn't allowed and you know it's a kind of a cool power to have where you can just tell a ghost it's not allowed in a room and it will listen i think that's crazy i think that's really cool but there was always a lot of things like that especially in that house i think somewhere i'll i will have to find it and see if i can put it on my instagram or something but somewhere we have a a picture i think one of my sisters might have it we have a picture that my younger brother took he must have only been probably like four or five or something, he was, he was very young, and it was on a, I think it was on like a DSi, like, do you remember like Nintendo DS and things like that, it was on a Nintendo DSi, and that was, that was the one with the camera, and oh god, for for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you are, you just, you're just young, and you disgust me a little bit, um, I'm joking, um, But yeah, so it was on a DSI and he used to love... You know what? Kids are weird for taking selfies. Kids love... Like, especially young kids. My nephew is the same. He likes to just take my phone, go on the camera and just take pictures. Usually just of his chin or his forehead because he can't figure out how selfies work. But anyway, so he's taking selfies of his head and his chin and his nostrils and whatnot because kids are dumb. Sorry. (laughs) But they are. And in... In one of the pictures it's basically a picture just of the corner of his head and he sat on the sofa and behind the sofa was the kitchen door and in this picture like I said I've I'm I need to try and find it I have to try and find this picture because it is freaky bro it's weird and in the background of this picture you can see like the corner of Carl's forehead um and just behind the sofa in the kitchen doorway is like an old woman and she's got like very short hair um you know how like old you know like dot cotton from eastenders if you're from america you google it google dot cotton from eastenders and you'll see her hair is kind of like the almost beehive type hair and it's like curly and kind of comes up a bit and thing. yeah it's really hard to describe but it was like an old woman with dot cotton hair and she didn't have a face you could just about see some facial features um like you could kind of see where the eyes should have been but they just weren't there super weird super freaky picture i'm going to i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one of my sisters to see if she can find this picture because i know she's got it somewhere and i'll put it i'll put it on my instagram story at some point for anybody who's who is curious um but yeah that house was just weird man, weird house, and going back to being assertive with ghosts and my nan, um, a story that, this actually only happened last year, and basically my nan, my nan's always, she's never been afraid of ghosts, she, she has actively hunted them, I mean, she is always loved the paranormal always loved, you know the idea of the afterlife and ghosts and spirits and has actively seeked them for for a long long time and so like I said she's always told us to be assertive if you don't want something there you tell it to leave and you have to you know you can't show that fear because it will give it more power than it deserves it will feed off that fear so you need to show that you're not scared you are in charge and so I remember she was telling me about, um, she has a friend who lives actually next door to me, and they've lived across the street from each other for like 50 years, obviously up until she passed. And so my next door neighbour was um, basically her best friend. Sorry, I keep saying, um, I'm really weird when I'm telling stories. I'm not, it's not like scripted or anything, so I'm just trying to remember as it comes to me. But yeah, anyway, so this this friend my next door, my next door neighbor her the rest of her family lives down the street and i think one one of her daughters went on holiday or something and she brought back these lavender bags now i love lavender and i love lavender bags and these these were like these cute little sets that personally i would have loved if somebody would have got one for me, I would have loved them, and it came with like a a little lavender bag, which is like a cute purple bag just filled with lavender that you put under your pillow to help you sleep, I think it came with like a pillow spray, or like some something to hang over the bed, but the main thing that was in them was the lavender bags, and obviously it's a lovely gift, it's a lovely idea, like I said, I, I love that, I am actually make my own to be fair, yeah, because I just I love lavender. I love the smell of lavender. It's just gorgeous, and I'm all about my sleep. All about my sleep. And sometimes I do struggle. So maybe. Anyway, off on a tangent. Here we go. Um. So yeah, my my neighbor's daughter, my nan's best friend. Um, my nan's best friend's daughter. Should I say? Sorry. She she went and bought these, and she gave she gave one to um our mom, aka my next door neighbor, who. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna call her Jay like me I'm gonna call her Jay um so she gave one to the lovely old lady Jay who lives next door and she I think she took it over to my nan's house to show her because it was so lovely and she loved it so much and she wanted to show her and she knew my nan was into all of her herbs and things like that so she took it over there to show her my nan was looking at it she, you know she held it in her hands and things like that and i was quite surprised that my nan didn't feel any energy from this um but yeah so jay has left taken her lavender bag with her and everything gone home and my nan said that that night she was in bed and like i said jay lives across the street so when you looked out of my nan's front window you could see Jay's house, and when you look out Jay's window, you could see my nan's house. They had a very clear view of each other's homes, and would often just sit in, in their front windows on the phones to each other, watching the street. Like proper nosy old ladies. I love it. Um, oh, that's cold coffee. Ill. Um, so yeah, my nan went to bed that night. She she was sound asleep, and she said she woke up because suddenly she could feel the blankets around her getting tighter and tighter, like something, like on both sides of her, as if someone was above her and they were like tucking the blankets underneath her tighter and tighter and tighter so that she couldn't move. And she said for a split second, she was a little bit freaked out, she was like, what's going on? And then she kind of woke up properly and realised what was happening, so she she flung the blankets off, she jumped out of bed, and in spectacular nan fashion, and anybody who listened to this, and knows, and has ever met my nan, you can just imagine how she said this, she jumped out of bed, and I'm so sorry, excuse my language when I say this, but she jumped out of bed, and she just went, you better fuck off, <laughs> and, and I, re- I really do try to watch my language when I'm doing this, but but it's just so typical Nan and it <laughs> and it just makes me really happy when I talk about her like that. And yeah, so she jumped out of bed and she basically just went, You can fuck off. You are not welcome here. You better get out of my house right now. And she said she was she was like a little bit freaked out. She was just like, Okay, that was super weird. She said whatever it was, she didn't like it. She did not like it. It did not feel like an energy she had felt before. It felt heavy, it felt dark. She didn't like it, so she told it to do one. Um, and she went downstairs and she sat down at her table and she hadn't turned any lights on, she hadn't opened the curtains or anything. She had just sat at the table and she had she'd lit a fag and she just she was just having she was just having a quick smoke before she went back to bed. She's just to try and calm herself down. And she said, as she was sitting there, the phone started to ring. And obviously, I think I think it must it must have been like like one in the morning or something, because she was like, "Who, "Who is calling me at this time? What the hell?" And she's answered the phone, and it was her friend Jay, across the road. And Jay was like freaking out. Apparently, she was really freaking out. She was like, "Oh my god, Kathy, I don't know what to do. There's something in my bedroom." I don't know what to do, I don't know how to get rid of it, it's scaring me and all this and that and she was like really freaked out and my nan was just kind of like, okay, you know, how how did you even know I was awake and she was like, I, I didn't, I just I just felt like I needed to call you because I'm really freaked out, I needed to speak to someone and so my nan, my nan just said to her, listen, you need to go back into your room, be assertive, we love that word, be assertive, tell it to do one, tell it it's not welcome there and just... You know, it will be fine. Don't worry about it. And so, obviously, they've they've just done their thing. Nan's finished her fag, gone back to sleep. And she was telling me about it the next morning. And then she she kind of had this revelation while she was on the phone... On the phone? While she was talking to me. And she was like, oh, my God. It's the lavender bags. Because... Oh, I forgot to mention this bit. Because um on the same day, before all of this had happened... Um, there were, so there were three lavender bags. Jay had one and her two daughters had one each too. And the one daughter that same day, get it, had the same day that she had got the lavender bag, um, a random fire had started in her kitchen or something. I don't know the details, but basically Nan, Nan said that a random fire had just started in her kitchen. Nobody was hurt. It wasn't a big fire, but just ran out of nowhere. Something had set fire. So I should put that out. And the other daughter had messed up her back because she was walking up the garden. And as she was walking up the garden, something, according to her, something, like, pushed her. She said she didn't trip, she didn't fall, it wasn't the wind, she felt something push her and she really messed up her back. And my nan was telling me about all of this and then she told me about what had happened to her and Jay the night before... And she had this revolution and she was our oh my re- revelation, sorry, and she was like, oh my god it's the lavender bags. And she was like, Jay had one, her two daughters had one, and Jay had brought one into my nan's house. And so she came to that conclusion that it must it must have been the lavender bags. There was something attached to those lavender bags. And so she called Jay, she told them all to get rid of the lavender bags, and that was kind of the end of that. But that's just just a prime example of my nan being assertive with ghosts. I love that story, mostly just because of how my nan reacted to it and how she handled it. I just, I found it hilarious, even when she was telling me about it. And like, she was still a little bit freaked out, but I just, I couldn't help but have a little bit of a giggle when she told me how she'd reacted to that. But anyway, so another story, and this one is from my younger sister, Kira. And I'm going to read this as she messaged me because, like I said, I just messaged my sisters and asked them to, to send me their stories so that I could share them. And so I'm going to read out the message that she sent to me because the, there's a couple parts of it that I just love the way she words things. I just find it really funny. So this is Kira's experience of the house where she's living now. So she's living with, um, with her dad now. And this was when she first moved into her dad's house. And it goes. So the first time I moved into my house, there was always activity in the front bedroom, like bangs and movements, and no one sleeps in there, so I was a bit like, mm, okay. Then every time I went in there, it was like a really weird feeling, like really dense, and it was always freezing. For no reason, even when like the heating on and things like that, it was always freezing and when Jaden, that's my nephew, was a baby, he was lying on the bed in there with everyone around him, because he wasn't at the rolling over stage yet, because he was so young, but anyways, he was literally rolled off the bed, and everyone in that room saw it happen, and said it looked like someone had rolled him off, and he didn't move himself, um, because as, as she said, before in the message that he was too young to roll himself so it looked like somebody had moved him and that was weird <clears throat> and she says i was in there at some point a few weeks later trying to sort everything out and i heard the little bangs and movements and i said out loud okay get out because i'm used to this kind of thing once again being assertive we love it and it stopped and i was like okay you. i've solved the issue I didn't, in fact, solve the issue. What I did do was allow it to roam the rest of the house. So I kind of got used to it all. I had Lisa over one night and she slept in my bed. And in the middle of the night, she woke up. Bear in mind, she was half asleep and someone else, she assumed it was Chris. Chris is the dad, um, was leant over next to the bed as if they were doing something on the floor. They noticed Lisa awake and went, shh, uh, as in, go back to sleep kind of thing. So she turned over and I was asleep next to her. And in the time she turned over, this person was now leant over my headboard looking at me. <clears throat> this bitch just went to sleep and left me, which is jarring. But anyway, <laughs> she told me about it in the morning And Chris said he hadn't been in my room or anything, so we were like, okay, very strange. She described this person as just a shadow man. Like, they don't really have an appearance, they're just sort of a shadow. And I was like, okay, very creepy. Could have been a dream, but Lisa said, no, it wasn't a dream. So I assumed, if anything, it was a freaky one-off kind of thing. I didn't see this person until once when I walked past my makeup room to go downstairs and I saw him in the corner of my eye leaning over my desk and it was exactly like Lisa described. Just looks like a tall shadow and I can't lie, it creeped me out a lot. I haven't had an experience with any other type of ghost so I always assume activity in my house is him. We call him Gerald. He just knocked my shower door as I'm writing this, so I hope I'm not giving him too much energy right now. <laughs> Gerald has also been seen by Carl. Um, Carl's my little brother. Lisa and me asked him months, maybe years ago, why he wouldn't stay over at mine. And his answer was that he saw a shadowy, shadowy figure in my bedroom doorway watching him when he was falling asleep. Now, I'm not going to lie. He strangely doesn't remember it now, so it makes me wonder whether he did actually dream it. But the fact he said it when me and Lisa don't talk about Gerald in front of him because he's a non-believer makes me question it a lot. Gerald is a bit of a dick sometimes, but overall he minds his own business. My boldest memory is when I was doing my hair in the bathroom mirror, and as I turned to walk out, the door flung in my face and gave me a bump on my head. There was obviously no one else upstairs and it couldn't have been me because the door was almost shut and flung towards me. So yeah, other than the occasional violence, Gerald is sound. And (laughs) the main reason I wanted to tell that story is because not only is that super creepy that she's, you know, the shadow people scare the living hell out of me. I I don't think I myself have ever experienced or seen... A shadow person I've seen like little little bits of movement in the corner of my eye and things like that but I don't think I've actually physically seen a shadow person but I've heard a lot of stories about people who have and one of the main reasons I wanted to tell that story is because of the Gerald is a little bit of a dick sometimes really made me laugh and the ending of other than the occasional violence Gerald is sound that just made me chuckle and so I know I've kind of, I've oh my God, I've been talking for almost an hour. Wow. um So yeah, I know usually when people tell spooky stories, they try and make it sound a little bit more spooky. But when I say that things like this happen so often to me and to pretty much everyone in my family, we we don't know how to make it sound creepy anymore. It's just so normalized for us and you know i i do listen to some podcasts you know telling spooky stories and things like that and i do love when people proper spook it up and you know they do the background music and things like that but this is just me talking and telling a couple of stories about my family just just like i would if you were sitting here in person with me and i was just telling you all this stuff so i i'm going to end the podcast with the story of when I visited the most haunted house in England and that's not just me saying it that is like an actual I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a fact because to me it's a fact and I'm not gonna go with the usual um you know pulling a card question of the week or anything like that I might do question of the week but I'm not gonna do the usual pulling a card or anything because I've, I've already been talking for an hour and telling these weird stories for like an hour, but I'm going to end it with the time, me and my fiance Paddy, we went to Stratford-upon-Avon last year for our anniversary, we had a couple days there, lovely couple of days as well, it was during the summer, Um, we did all the touristy things, I had like a list of things that I wanted to do while we were there, Um, because for, for those of you who don't know about Stratford-upon-Avon, It is the birthplace of William Shakespeare and it's actually not too far from Birmingham either which is like super convenient for us and it is a gorgeous place. It is beautiful and so historical and I loved it there and so that's where we went for our anniversary and I wanted to do all the touristy things. I wanted to do the butterfly farm which we did we took a boat out onto the river we took a little rowboat out it was so sweet and romantic um we did try to find Shakespeare's grave um we we kind of found where it was it turns out it's like inside the church I was kind of hoping it was just like a normal grave and that's why we went there at like one in the morning that was my fault I should have researched that first um and we what else did we do? we went to what did we do we saw shakespeare's um house we saw saw the house where shakespeare was shakespeare was born went to the all year round christmas shop and all of that but my absolute favorite thing that we did was the haunted tour and the way it was advertised was just like a just like a haunted house type thing Um, and we thought it was going to be one of those where you like walk through like a fake haunted house and you know people jump out at you and all of that kind of thing (laughs) you know all of that and we wanted to do it just because it was a bit of fun and you know they had pictures of people in costume and things like that on the advertisement so we were like yeah that sounds like a laugh let's go that sounds great and so jesus i don't know if you heard that some Someone on a motorbike just went past and made me jump out my skin. Um, but yeah, so we went to this thinking it was going to be like a novelty thing, and it wasn't until we got there that we realised it was an actual proper tour of what what is known to be the most haunted house in England. And so obviously, when I find this out, I am so much more excited than I was before. I was like, oh my god, yes, absolutely let's do this, and we got there, and we we went during the week, so everything was a bit more quiet than it would have been on a weekend, I can imagine a weekend in Stratford, everything's booming, um, but everything was a bit more quiet because it was during the week, so it was just me, Paddy, and one other couple, and the tour guide, and so we we walked through with the tour guide, and what they do is they turn off all of the lights in the place, because it's a, it's a museum during the day, it's like um, it's like a history museum where they do like school trips and things like that during the day, and so she took us through, and she gave us like a lantern per couple, so everything was pitch black apart from the two lanterns, no, the three including hers, three lanterns, And we were walking through, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I do highly recommend if you, if you ever find yourself in Stratford-upon-Avon, do this haunted tour because it is fantastic. And the tour guide we had, she was phenomenal as well because you could really tell it was, it was like more than just a job to her, you could, you could really tell she believed in everything she was saying and it wasn't just a novelty, and she was telling us, you know, the history of the house, and things like that, um, I'm just going to talk about, kind of, my experiences while I was there, without going into too much detail, and giving, like, spoilers of the tour, or anything, so, immediately, we walk in, and we're in, kind of, the gift shop Parch tells us about the gift shop, and everything, and, you know, the story behind the gift shop, like I said, I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, because I don't want to spoil it, if anybody does happen to go, um, and then she's taken us through and taken us up these stairs. Told us a little story about these stairs and that. And then we've got to the top of the stairs. And as we were standing there, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a little mini spoiler, just because it's it relates to my my experience here. Um as we were standing at the top of the stairs, I was wearing like a like a choker necklace type thing. And I don't typically wear them too tight, I wear them just tight enough so that they sit properly on my neck but not so tight that I can't breathe and we were stood there she was telling us more about the history and things like that and while I'm stood there it felt like somebody had grabbed the back of my choker and they were like pulling it and tightening it almost like they just got one little bit and they were like pulling it back and it was getting tighter and tighter around my neck and I was I was having to like sort of pull it back out, I was like grabbing the front of it and pulling it back out and then every time I let go, it would do it again and it was getting, it was like I couldn't breathe and it just felt like this thing was getting tighter and tighter around my neck and it was, it was really starting to freak me out and then right as that was happening, the the tour guide was telling us about how a man was hung over the stairs that we were standing at the top of and she was telling us the story of that and how that had happened and things like that and it, it wasn't even that it had actually happened she was telling us that it was a theory of how this man had died and I just thought that that was really weird because it you know my neck started getting tighter and tighter and tighter before she even told us that and I was just kind of like okay that's super weird And then she took us through to the next room. And from this room, you could kind of see through into the next room and then into the room after that. Just barely. Like I said, all the lights were off, so you couldn't really see anything. I could just vaguely make out the doorways. And so we're stood there, she's, she's telling us about, you know, the room that we were stood in at that time and she said to us um, that we were going to turn off the lanterns and we were going to stand in the darkness in silence for a minute. She said she likes to do this on the tours to see what people do, experience and to see if anything does happen. You could clearly tell she was well into the paranormal, I was loving it and so we've turned off the lanterns and we stood in silence, and it's pitch black, but the only thing I could focus on was, so we had the doorway we were stood next to, and then another large room, and then a doorway on the other side of that room, and all I could focus on while those lanterns were off, even though I could, I couldn't actually see it, was that second doorway, and whatever was in that doorway, whatever is in that room I, I didn't like it i could feel something horrible and dark in that room and i just i could not stop staring at it that's the only thing i could concentrate on <clears throat> and so um you know we heard like um like a couple little creaks and steps and things like that and turned the lanterns back on we do we discussed what had happened and i i chose not to say anything because i didn't i didn't i didn't want to you know, even even though we were all there for the same reason, I don't always like talking about these things because I don't like the looks people give you when you're telling ghost stories. You know, like the skeptics looking at you like you're a dickhead basically. And even though I knew that they weren't skeptics, it just it just felt weird to me to say anything about what I felt about that room. And so, we walked onto the next room. She's telling us about the next room, and we we were stood like next to that doorway, and I could just. Feel it. I could just feel whatever it was in that other room and it was just so heavy. It was like, it was really, really heavy and almost like it was sort of dragging me towards it. Like I was, it was weird because I I really didn't want to go in that room because of how horrible it felt. But at the same time, I felt like I, I was desperate to get in there. I don't know if it was just like curiosity or if something in that room was, like, pulling me towards it, but I was just, I needed to get in that room, but I also needed to get as far away from that room as possible. And then she's finished what she was saying about that room um, that we were stood in, and then she said it was time to go into the next room, which was the freaky room. And before we went in there, she she turned around to us and she said, I'm going to warn you um this is the most haunted room in the house basically and you know there was something we think very evil in this room and once again I was like oh my god I knew it I knew it I could feel it and a part of me was just like a little bit scared but also kind of excited because this was before I really knew about my, my empath abilities, and my abilities to feel energies, and this this haunted tour kind of confirmed that for me, because I was feeling these things before she told us about them, and to me, I was just like, oh my god, that's kind of cool, that's kind of cool, um, but yeah, so she warned us, she told us that it was, you know, it wasn't a nice room to go in, and she did say to us, if anybody feels like they need to leave while we are in there, just say so, and we will leave, and we've walked into this room, and it was like um, it was almost like a stage type thing with all these oh horrible puppets, I oh disgusting horrible mannequin puppet things, dirty. And right in the centre, it was like it was like a black hole of just bad energy, and I I I did not like it, but I didn't want to leave. I was just too curious. And so she was telling us about that room and she said that in in the spot where I could feel the energy coming from, she did say that they've had mediums and ghost hunters and everything and every single person who has come to that house, because they do like overnight stays for ghost hunters or like mediums will come and stay there overnight and things like that. Like I said, most haunted house in England, going to be a big attraction for that kind of thing. And she said all of them especially the mediums, had basically said that that particular spot in that particular room was some, some dark energy, almost like some kind of portal for dark energy. And um, she actually told us about how Derek Okora, um, for the British people who know most haunted our oh, year, um, Derek Okora was on most haunted and they would basically go around to all these really haunted places. and he was he was a medium and you know he would talk talk to the spirits and whatnot wherever he went and all of that great show um from right back in the day don't even know if it comes on anymore but i used to love watching that show with my nan um but anyway she was telling us about how derrick akora had been there and basically had like a massive freak out while he was there um theories that he was like possessed by something in there and you can actually find the videos um on YouTube there are videos on YouTube I'm, I'm trying to remember what they're called I think if you just search like Derek Corra um most haunted house in England Stratford upon Avon something like that some, something generalized like that you you will find the video I've seen it myself I could when she told us about that I had to go and see the video and so yeah so then we've gone to the next bit finished the tour and everything, and then um, she took us out to like this barn, and in the barn she was telling us about how witches would go there to do rituals, yay, and I think, I'm pretty sure to this day, there are still covens of witches who go to that barn, to that place, Um, for like meetings, and to do rituals, and things like that, and I just think that's super cool, super, super cool, Um, but I do, like I said, I do highly, highly recommend doing that haunted tour, because those things that I experienced, that's not even, that doesn't even touch on the full tour, Um, but yeah, I think I do have, millions and millions and millions that's really overdramatic but I do have lots of stories from throughout my childhood and you know all of my sister's stories and things like that as well but there is just it's already been 73 minutes of me just chatting your ears off and I'm I'm not gonna say sorry it's a podcast that's what it's here for but yeah so maybe at some point I will share more stories. I would love to share stories from outside my family too. So like I said, I'm not going to do the card pull or anything this week because it's already 73 minutes in, but I am going to do question of the week, which is, you've probably already guessed, what are your paranormal experiences that you would like to share with me? And maybe... If they're spooky enough, I might do another another spooky story episode at some point. But please do feel free to share. Lunapixie2306 at gmail.com and also lunapixie2306 on Instagram. Throw me DM, tell me your stories. I would love to hear them, even if you don't want me to share them on an episode or anything like that. I just love hearing people's spooky stories. And with that... I'm going to end the episode now because I've been talking for so, so long and I have a very dry throat and my coffee's gone cold and I need to go and make a fresh one and also I kind of need a way. So I'm going to end the episode now. Um, like I said, DM me, inbox me, all your spooky stories. If you want me to share, if you want me to do another spooky story episode, please do let me know. But for now, Goodbye, and I will speak to you all again next week.